Hello, welcome to the third edition of Cramps and Cinema on the Editorial Podcast. I'm Nikki. And this is Chris, and we are super excited to be bringing you an in-depth look at some PMS-worthy movies. So grab some ice cream, a heating pad, and some Advil, and join us for some movies and menstruation. This month, we're watching the 2018 blockbuster Crazy Rich Asians. The film, adapted from the best-selling novel by Kevin Kwan, follows a wealthy Asian family, the Youngs, and their quest to maintain their status and their place in society. When heir to the family dynasty, Nick falls in love with Chinese-American Rachel while spending time in New York. Nick decides to bring Rachel home to meet the family, and all hell breaks loose as Rachel attempts to fit in, much to the dismay of the Young clan. As Rachel realizes that maybe it's not all about fitting in, she decides maybe it's time to get even. So who wins Nick's heart, Rachel or his family? I am so excited that we are watching finally a modern day film. Wow. <laughs> Just because I received the minimalist resistance from Mr. Pharmacist to watch this movie. I mean, considering that I managed to convert him to coming to America because like it's a fantastic film and it can't do any wrong. Like it's a, it's just great. This is fine. Yep. This is great. Like I loved this. This was amazing. However, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. I take that over Notting mm-hmm. Hill any single day, any day. I hate Notting Hill. So, well, you just you don't like Julia Roberts' face. That's that's a. That's I a hate her thing. character in that movie, and then I hate Hugh Grant's face too. There's no there's no redeeming <laughs> there's no redeeming qualities. But there's no movie. winning. No 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 no. That's okay. Absolutely, <laughs> we've moved on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I have to say it's actually very nice to finally have a movie that has made so many waves. Yes. Just for the sheer fact of having a full Asian cast. It's been a long time coming, don't you 100%. think? A hundred percent. I really did enjoy every single character in this movie. Like every single character was well-rounded, very smartly written. I wrote down so many one-liners that were just thrown out. It's so funny, incredibly funny, and then opulent to look at, just beautiful. The movie's stunning. Oh, yeah. It's a stunning film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gave me a lot of designer, high fashion (laughs) vibes, vogueness, like serving me looks. I love it. And it's right up my alley when it comes to just how they portray Asian Americans or just Mm -hmm. Asian people in general um, in in something that's not so stereotypical, you have your uh, very good looking Henry Golden Mm -hmm. um, that plays Nick Young. And look, Asian men are sexy too. Let's just put it out there. We all agree. Don't tell me you love K-pop and then say you would never date an Asian guy. (laughs) Is that an oxymoron or not? Like I literally was just telling Chris that I don't know the difference between an oxymoron and a paradox. It's fine. Don't even worry about it. You nailed it. It's great. It's fine. (laughs) <laughs> right. So yeah, it's like it's wonderful to finally see Asians like portraying something that's not stereotypical. Like, I am the Chinese chef. I make the fried rice. Stop! You know, oh that. my god! So you're talking about every character in Rush Hour? That's what you're talking about? Yes, and I make, and I also know that I have the worst Chinese accent. Thank it's you. It's okay. It's fine. We're just gonna we'll we'll lean into it. So. Uh, <laughs> the thing that was super great about this movie was like, I, I have this absolute disdain for Bollywood film. I hate it. I think it's okay. grotesquely 
superfluous. I find that it is gaudy. I don't understand why there's like breakout dance numbers. I don't understand why there's so many like close-ups from different angles of people crying. Like it's just, it's a lot. It is incredibly a lot, but a lot of those dynamics that are in those movies was very prevalent in this. So this was like- Oh, what? Yeah, so like that- I don't watch any Bollywood movies, so I would Let me know. tell you, it's four hours of just like dancing and singing. It's a lot. Anyways, <laughs> there's a lot of generational stuff in those movies. Like there's a lot of like tension between like parents and children. And there's a lot of like backstories between like who you're allowed to love and who you're allowed to marry. Oh, okay. That's okay. pretty much like 95% of Bollywood movies. Like the classic ones like okay. that my mom would watch growing up when I was coming up in the household and I absolutely just, dis- I despise them. They were like four hours minimum to tell the same story that crazy rich Asians did in two hours. Like, <laughs> mm. And did it super funny and so smart. Like it was very well done. Okay. Okay. I was just going to say like, don't you think they make it like four hours, five hours long because they, their target audience is I'm just assuming. Okay. Mm. So maybe I'm an ass, but their target audience is like household Indian women who literally are just at home doing housework and they have nothing else better to do but to watch a Bollywood movie that lasts four hours. Girl, no, 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 no. These events are like star-studded. Like they do premieres and stuff. Like people are sitting in cinemas oh, shit. for oh, really? four hours watching this stuff. They have intermissions oh. in the middle so people can go and get like dinner. Fuck. Dude. I thought it was like you're talking about like you know movies that are just like reruns on like TV shows no! and like on TV like on like not even prime time like literally not prime time TV and it's like reruns. No, this is like big industry. Like it's insane. People oh, make bank shit, from okay. these movies. Jesus. Little I don't know. Yeah, wow. Yeah, but I mean like, you know, in our household where it was like this housewife was watching this movie for 4 hours, you know, during the day. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong in this situation, but yeah, like it's it's very much the same sort of dynamic. So, sort of seeing like okay. family, like mom not having a, a lot of respect for like daughter-in-law or potential daughter-in-law, like mm. sort of trying to persuade son not to marry this specific daughter because of her upbringing and her family status and blah 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 blah. blah. Like it was nice to see that it wasn't just like brown folks. Like it was like a fully like continental thing i was like ah yes other asians do this too oh no straight up chinese people fucking we have a whole genre of we have a whole genre of just tv shows dramas whatever of the mother of the guy Mm -hmm. never approves oh yeah of the girl that he chooses to date or marry it's like it is a thing but it's like it's always like I think of it like a volume dial, right? Like, I find, like, in Western culture, like, we make fun of it. So, like, what's that movie with Jane Fonda? Jane Fonda and and What's-Her-Face from the – she she looks like a lizard. What's her name? Everybody loves her. When you said Jane Fonda, I literally thought you meant, like, the is she a woman from Terminator or no? No. Else. Different woman. What is her name? Oh, Jennifer Lopez. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Monster-in-Law. Oh. That what? movie. Like, we make fun of that dynamic. You know what I mean? Like, like Jane Fonda plays, like, the crazy mother-in-law who's trying to, like, scare Jennifer Lopez's character away. That's literally, like, so small. Like, it's such a small percentage 
of real white uh, yeah exactly because there every white guy that i've ever met or like semi dated on the casual would have been like i would always ask like would your mom not like do you have like a asian fever thing because if one you do this i'm not a fetish oh so bye bye but like two i want to know like if if you brought an asian girl home like what would be the response and like 10 times out of 10 this white dude would be like my mom doesn't give a fuck i'm like yeah. oh well then yeah but like in a- like in our households like that would be a huge deal a huge yes. deal yeah 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 and like that that relationship between like mother-in-law and mother or like mother-in-law and daughter rather is like is very tumultuous like it's it's a scary thing like i I know just, like, women in general, like, generational women, like, the way that even, like, moms treat their daughters is rough. Like, to have to marry into that and Mm -hmm. have to get that approval all over again is insane. Which is why I found this movie very funny. I was like, Rachel's mom is so supportive. I was like, my mom would have been like, told you so, and, like, moved on with her life. Like, (laughs) like that wouldn't have even been a conversation. She would have been like, well, (laughs) duh. (laughs) Like, come home and call it a day. So I found it like that was the only part where I was like, really? For real? Well, you got to think about it this way, too, though. Like Rachel's mom is like truly it's truly transformed into your average. This is true. And then she also was like a single mom and like she was self-made and all of that stuff as well. So I guess like she's already had like her her little bit of sort of groundedness. Whitewash. Yeah, that she needed to sort of like really have her daughter succeed because she worked so hard. So I yes. I understand sort of where she fell into that. But like, even my mom has a similar story, but it would have been like, ha, sucks to suck. <laughs> that would have just been the end of conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think my mom would be along the same yeah. lines as your mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think so. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we wanted to get into some of the characters yes. uh, in the movie specifically. Oh and um, the first one that came up was, Astrid. I love Astrid. Uh, Gemma Chen. How do I be Astrid? I want to be Astrid in regular life. She is literally goals. Yes. Hashtag goals. Like, I think, for one, the casting of this movie, whoever did casting, you did a really good job of picking the correct actor actress to portray that Mm -hmm. character in like not just a visual sense, but just like maybe they're just really good actors, but they portrayed the character so well that you just you you bought into it fully. Astrid just exudes royalty, just exudes just like yes. eloquentness. And like the thing think? about her is like she's so well rounded as a character. So she has all this money, she has all of this this power, but she doesn't flaunt it, and and she does it on account of her husband. Like we understand that. But she's also very caring and nurturing. Like, even from the get-go, like, when we first meet her in that first frame when she's walking into the jewelry store, and she's talking to that super sweet little girl with her teddy bear. Like, that's such a little grounded, sweet moment when she she basically bends down to speak to her. And there's, like, a lot of that kind of, like, I've noticed that in this movie, and I know it was probably done in a way for that reason, but there's a lot of play on levels so, like, Astrid comes down to talk to the girl 
when she compliments her teddy bear. There's a couple other scenes where like people uh-huh. look down on Rachel. There's that scene where she's up on the staircase where where Eleanor goes to talk to her. And she oh, she looks physically yes, down yes, yes, at her. Yes. At grandma's house. And even when she like runs away, like grandma's sitting down and like talking up at her. But like Eleanor is still yes. like Eleanor is still taller than Rachel is. So it's like yes. the levels that we play, like we see sort of who has power over what in every situation. Yeah. yeah. And that was sort of one of those yeah, things yeah. where Astrid is always, she's always standing up very tall and very straight. And the only time we ever see her break down uh-huh. is when she like leans into Rachel after finding out that her husband is having an affair. Spoiler alert. Yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. should have said that. Guys, you're watching a movie literally. You're sorry. Well, you're I mean, you listening to a podcast it. about a movie. There's going to be spoilers. Sorry about it. Good lord. I was just going to say, if you haven't figured it out by now, I mean, no, well, there's no sorry about you. it. Deal with it. Yes, but it, it, it was one of those things where, like, I started to notice it sort of partway through the movie. And there's, like, a play with colors, too. Like, you're not supposed to wear blue or white because oh, yeah, that's, that's a thing. A Chinese thing. Like full Southeast Asian. So you're not supposed to wear blue or white to a wedding. You're supposed to wear red or whatever when you're meeting the family because it's like good luck and all of that. But like when they're burying the fish, Astrid's wearing a blue and white striped sweater. And then uh, what's her name? Rachel is wearing a blue dress at the wedding. Oh my God. I didn't even notice that. Yes. So it was like, this is super funny. So it's now like we're undercutting the tradition Astrid's now mourning, sorry, the death of her marriage. Which is the fish. Which her bearing the fish in that scene. She's wearing that blue and white striped sweater. Yes. And then uh, I think like Rachel's blue dress is like her, like the death of that relationship with that family. Like it's done. Like this is her like undercutting it now. Like this is her rising up. So it was nice to sort of see that trajectory. Like, there's all these plays with levels and colors. And I don't know if a lot of it was intentional, but like, it was very prevalent as you start to watch it and you start to see sort of the generations and and how they react to each other and how those things come together. I would love to watch Inception with you. <laughs> I There's just so many things that you would notice that literally my primitive brain would not be able to grasp. I just, can we do that? Like, sure. On this, as a side project. Yes. I, this is why um, no one but, likes to watch movies with me because I read so deeply into things and they're like, okay, English, English specialist, let's relax. <laughs> no, don't stop. Don't change who you are. I love it. We'll do it. We'll watch inception together and some other mind fucking movies and and we'll we'll go deep diving into the deep end um man it's gonna be a spiral it's gonna be a long night (laughs) black hole uh Uh, araminta araminta Araminta, yes oh my god i have never turned on a character so fast in my life (laughs) you liked her then you didn't like her i loved her right from the get i think it was because I, I don't know if the director set it up this way. So basically, like, the first time you meet her, she's so welcoming and she's so exciting and she pulls Rachel into that hug. And it's like, you know that they have a relationship. They know each other from prior. And they've heard of each other. They've heard of each other. They know sort of what the situation is uh, with yeah. Nick and Rachel, uh, obviously from... I also want to talk about the scene where we're like, 
that whole text message chain that happens in the very beginning of the movie. We'll talk about that afterwards because it was like mind blowing. Oh, right, 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 right. All of that. Like she, so she knows sort of what the situation is and she's so welcoming. They're like driving this crappy car. They're like, she's dressed in like what looks like a banana Republic ad. Like she looks pretty approachable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she's wearing her <laughs> safari shorts and like her white car. Down again. to earth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So she looks, uh, she looks like she's approachable. They look like they're good people. Like they all like go to this market also, I was salivating. The hawker stand. Salivating. Oh my god. Oh my god. I was like, yo, for the win. give me all of it. Give me all of it in my face. Anyways, they're all eating <laughs> and like they're all sharing and everything just seems so nice. Like they're all talking with each other and learning about each other and they're all explaining things to each other. And it's like this very like community feeling that you get out of it. And you see that yeah. Rachel's comfortable and she's, yeah. she's, made to feel like she like she belongs and Araminta then invites her to the bachelorette party so it's like oh look Mm. at her like she's bringing this girl in she doesn't really know her she's sort of taking her under her wing like how nice and then at the bachelor party she is just the worst version of herself she is just a nightmare human being in that sequins jumpsuit where she's basically like declaring sisterhood and like all of like it's a weekend to like really bond with each other. And the first thing she does, it pit each other, pit pit these girls against each other as they like grab everything that they could possibly grab in this like free, a free shopping. Oh my God. I was like, wow. Way to undercut your sisterhood with these girls, like mauling each other for a designer bag or whatever it is. Ridiculousness. But like she turns into the worst version of herself. I was like, girl, what happened to you? Right. Right. I, it's ve- it's a very interesting character, but the character that I thought was even more interesting was you just know, like you just fucking know. And this is why I t- I said that whoever did the casting on this movie is so genius because mm. Nick's ex, the lawyer Yo. for the young family, you can tell like right when you see her, they make eye contact, Rachel and her. And they, you immediately feel like mm, you just see a just, polar bear and a baby face. Like that's what that interaction looked like. Oh, like fucking pray. Like you just see, she looks so devious. Yes. Like she's like the pretty devious. Like she's like maleficent. You know, <laughs> she's like the, she gave me Melissa. Melissa. Blah blah. Her yes. vibes. I can't even say her name right. Okay, so I just think that you could already tell and then the moment when they're like at the spa and then she says like oh didn't nick tell you that we used to be together i was like i fucking knew this was coming like i fucking saw it from a mile i love the way that she delivered that speech because she doesn't even take a beat for it to set in and she literally keeps going because she's like yeah, didn't Nick tell you that we used to be together? And his mom loves me. Like, just keeps going. Like, doesn't even have a second to let up. Like, the way that she delivered that was brilliant. Oh, for sure. And you just see, and the fact that they never actually cut to her as she's saying it, like, it's just focused on Rachel's face as you're just seeing her process this information is insane. It's such a good scene. Like, nothing has to be said on her part versus her just, like, delivering the lines. It's perfect. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Again, it's the voice. It's the face. It's the, like, ghost sleeper, like, bitch Mm -hmm. vibes for me. I just – 
it was just all together perfect. Yeah. And then just wanted to jump a little bit ahead here where like after the bachelorette party and they come back and Rachel meets Nick and she blows up on him just a teeny tiny bit and says, why didn't you tell me any of this? There was a dead fish in my room, blah, 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 blah. Let me just say, if that was me, <laughs> I would have taken my shoe off and would have just smacked him. Like I, sorry, yeah. like Rachel must really love this guy because I would have had, I would have been done. I've been like, fuck you and fuck your rich friends and fuck your rich and family. And the horse I'm you came in on. <laughs> exactly. You can choke on that silver spoon, you motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. I would have been, oh, exactly. I wouldn't have even yes. given him the benefit of seeing me again. I would have been like, hi, I'm calling you from Toronto. Bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See you later. Literally. Never. Lose my number. Yeah. It, I, <laughs> oh, man. She, Costa Samu, like, oh, my God. She's so great. Like, I love her and everything. She's so she's so diverse. She does everything. She does comedy really well. She does those like really hard scenes, those really like emotional scenes really well. She just blew my mind in this movie. This was like the perfect casting. I have to say this is the first time I've ever watched her in anything. I know that she was in that TV show was it Fresh Off yes. the Boat or something? Yes. That's where I like fell but in love I've with her. I've never watched it. She's so good. Um and just watching her in this was was fantastic because I think it was her full range because there's moments where she's like really dorky and nerdy and geeky and then other moments where she has to like break down like after she ends up leaving like that was oh, rough yeah. stuff like when she goes over to to Peakland's house also we're going to talk about Peakland but like what a Dude. stellar <laughs> best friend like like you're oh, the yeah. Peakland to my Rachel oh yeah I am honored. Yes, like that. That is that is a bro. That is a bro if I've ever seen one. Like she's just got oh, your yeah. back no matter what. Like bless that girl. For oh sure. Oh my god, Aquafina's casting for that was perfect. I want to go back to that scene right at the beginning though, where I didn't realize, and it was such a good like sort of bookend scene. It's like from the minute that that girl snaps the picture of them in the restaurant. All of that communication yep. happens. It gets back to his mom and they're still in the restaurant. Like all of that communication happened within a five yeah. minute yeah, time yeah. frame. Like I thought it was going to be smash cut to next week. He's calling like his mom is calling. No, it happens within five minutes. That's oh, yeah. insane. Like on the opposite side of the country. I don't know every why single person. Like I know it's pretty much the same in like South Asian households too. Like, let me tell you, aunties love to gossip. They love it. Oh, they yeah. love it. They will tell you that you're getting fat and then shove rice down your throat. Like that is what it is. <laughs> that that is that is the culture. But how quickly that happens and how like it was. I forget what Radio One Asia or whatever it was. I was dying because we call it in um we call it in our household like the the CNN line the CNN hotline like when. Uh, it goes across borders like when someone tells somebody something and it like goes across seas at that point and it's like everybody knows each other's business uh -huh. that's like the cnn hotline so they called it in the movie it, like oh. i saw the text message um name was like radio one asia or something and i was like that's so funny <laughs> i didn't even catch that i'm sorry it, it, i i was crying i was crying laughing from the get-go i was like ha funny <laughs> you know who got me crying fucking jimmy o yang's character oh man bernard, bernard. 
Oh man, uh, what a mess! Over the top, flamboyant, <sighs> in your face, like the douchiest douche douchebag that you would ever come across, and yet like there's just it's just like you deal with him because he's just there you know he's like ken jong's like, character I, from I, the hangover oh oh yeah. but did you die that guy <laughs> yes yes and then you also made a really good point he's like he millennial like the new age millennial bobby, bobby lee. lee that's who he is yeah. yeah but then not so explicit i mean minus the little like I see your butt on the screen. Yeah, Bobby Lee is like, like you any know, that chance to take his snippet. pants off. Like, he will do it on TV. Oh, for sure. Like, Matt I TV was, that was a that was a little mess. bit of a tribute. <laughs> I, you know what, though? Like, he's not as, like, he's not too, too much, though. Like, you know what I mean? Bobby Lee sometimes can be a little. He's a lot. Too, too much. Yeah. Yes, he's a, he's a lot. But I think Jimmy Oya rides that line nicely of being, he's much, but he's not. Too too much for you to consume on a daily he basis. He didn't make like, me gag cute. the way that Bobby Lee makes me yeah. gag. Because sometimes I'm like, yikes! Yes. T- p- pick your audience, my dude. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. And like the scene of um, the wedding, mm-hmm. and he's like, everybody's in a plain black suit. This <laughs> motherfucker comes up Gold with brocade. a boss. Yeah, fucking suit. And he's like, don't worry, man. This day's not about me. I'm like. You mother, like you are, you went there, but it's just, it is literally him. It, that is his character. And then also anybody could do a bachelor party, but who could have a bachelor party in the middle of the fucking ocean, in the open waters, on a a cargo shipping, like, like boat ship thing and like just shoot cannons. Like, come on, bro. Oh my God. I couldn't. It was just like. It was so ridiculous. And you were set up in the get-go because, like, um, uh, what what's the groom's name? I can't remember the groom's name. But Nick and the groom. I can't remember. We're talking. At the Hawkerstad already asked. Yes. We're yeah. already talking about, yeah, like, yeah. what a douche this guy was. And then it's, oh, like, yeah. that slow cut to him, like, at the, at the hangar where they're, like, talking before getting. Oh, I was, God. like, oh, my God. This is murder. This is the guy. <laughs> yeah yeah and it doesn't disappoint too right because if you didn't if you're not one of those like weirdos and there are some weirdos out Mm -hmm. there that really like that like read up on the entire cast and what characters they play and the plot before you watch the movie you are pleasantly surprised by jimmy playing this character and you're not mad because they casted him so well which is funny because it's a direct dichotomy to what they do with Aquafina's character. Because you know about Peeklin. You know that she and Rachel went to school together. You know that they went to college. You know that they were friends. You know they were sort of not very good friends. That they sort of drifted apart. But that's all mm-hmm. you know until she pulls up at Peeklin's house. And then... And she becomes the Asian Ellen. Yes. Like exactly what you expected with bernard you don't get with aquafina like it's a direct dichotomy of who those friends are yeah she's like because at the bar 
like the in the scene where they meet up for the first mm-hmm. time at the bar and then Henry Golding's eating her dessert or whatever. She's like, oh, yeah, it would have been nice. Like, you know, he's inviting her to Singapore. She's like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen my classmate pick Lynn in a, in a long time, right? So that's all you get. Yeah. It's like the bare minimal just to let you know, hey, this character is going to come into play here. You fucking roll up to a mansion with a giant fountain there. And then Pick Lynn comes out in like what looks like designer Versace pajamas. And I don't know what, what brand they are, but they look high fashion. Yes. And then you got... Another one of my favorite sleeper characters, uh, Pecklin's brother. Oh, like, PT. Oh, dude, <laughs> this guy. PT had me and he's just dead. Like, he's just, oh, oh my god, at dinner, and he's just like mouthing, "I love you." Like just just has me <laughs> dead. I the fact that he's always taking pictures. Oh, like dude. this poor girl. This poor poor girl is just like getting it from all sides like ken jong makes several nagging remarks at her like when he says uh to the kids like look they're planning to finish your dinner because there are children starving in america she's from america do you see how skinny she is oh wow and then, yes that was a good and one. then immediately looks at pt and was like this is the kind of girl you should be with i was like oh my god dude what are you doing <laughs> you're the worst wingman <laughs> ever <laughs> it's like the classic Asian, I don't know if it happens in your culture, but I picked up on this, like the one thing that I picked up on, but it's like, your parents will never say directly that they're proud of you and they'll always put you down. Uh, But then in front of other people, they will say good, like nice things about you. Oh, because then it's like like, a game because you have to like one up the other parent. Like, that's what happens. Oh, yeah. It's like, they're never say it to your face, but as soon as they're, like, confronted, it's like, well, my kid did this, and my kid does this, and my kid does this, just to sort of, like, out-proud the the other parent. And I was like, it would have been nice. Maybe I wouldn't have such, like, crippling anxiety and, like, you know, imposter syndrome if you said this to me every once in a while. Yeah, and it's, like, the best example that I have, real-life experience example, is uh, I I didn't go to UBC or SFU, okay? Like, spoiler alert, Nikki's not smart enough to do oh that. My God, I don't stop. brain. So I went to Emily Carr, like, university, which is literally a, um arts university. So for those who don't know and are not in Canada, <laughs> it is, a like, a fine arts university. Yes. Like, I went there to paint. I went there to draw, okay? Not, like, arts as in, like, English literature, like, classical music. No, no, no. I'm, like, there for... I'm going to put charcoal on a piece of paper and um, try to draw a naked man that's standing in front of me. (laughs) So there's, so because I went to that school and I didn't go to your like, you know, like typical, you know, UBC, SFU, blah, blah, blah. My parents never, they, they were just like, it was just, you could see there like a part of them just died. You know, it was just like, what the fuck did we do wrong? Oh girl, I can, I can. I could tell you, let me tell you. So I got in to the University of Toronto, which is like one of the best schools in Canada. And you know what I studied? I studied English literature. I have a writing degree that's, from the University of Toronto. At least no, you, no, 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 no. went to University that's of Toronto. Like, see, that's the thing. That's where my parents stopped talking about it. It's like, okay, <laughs> it, that's exactly it. It's like, it's like, oh, where did your daughter study? It was like, oh yeah, she got a DU of T. She studied at Vic College. What did she study? Oh, you know, she has a degree. And that's just it. Let's keep it at that's that. That's just it. That's just it. We don't talk about what the degree <laughs> is. <laughs> it's like... 
Yeah, she works retail. Sounds good. So you know. Oh my god, Chris. let's not talk about it. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, I worked hard for that. So it's yeah, like mine. it's a. It's a it's an Asian it's like a South Asian Asian thing where it's like if if you studied arts it's like that's not a practical thing, so which is why I found this very funny. It was like they're talking about Rachel, who's an economics professor. Oh so yeah. she she studies numbers and she studies game theory. So already like you know the parent meter is like oh yes useful degree. Yeah. While Caitlin has an arts degree, so. Yeah, so well, it's, it's fine arts hilarious. degree. Hilarious, a fine arts degree. So it's still like it's still an arts degree. So it's still useless no matter what, right? Writing, music, all of that stuff to the Asian parents' eye is useless. Is useless. So, Same as Ken my Jong, dad's. Like, yeah, character. Yeah. Is, Ken Jong's character is pretty like my like my dad because that's yeah. like, the thing that he said to to Piglin saying like one came back from you know university with a useful degree and you didn't. Same thing. Like my dad pretty much said something on the same lines as like yeah. why did why did you study fine arts? You know that um, even if you make paintings. Uh, you only get money after you die. Like you, you're not gonna, like you're not gonna yeah. be a famous artist or anything. What are you gonna fucking do? Like sit on the corner of Robson Street and sell your paintings? Is literally what he said to me. Um, mm-hmm. And then in front of his friends, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, my daughter got into Emily Carr University. You know, it's actually harder to get into Emily Carr than it is to get into UBC because they only take like 200 students a year, and like only like yep. a third of them are domestic because they make most of their money from international students. You know, it's actually really hard to get into like Emily Carr, and like your kid." went to where oh ubc oh yes it's really easy to get in there you know i'm, like, I'm dead what the fuck it would have been what nice if you told fuck? me this maybe i wouldn't yeah. have you know imposter Crippling anxiety now. and like yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh just a God. pat on the head every once in a while would have been nice but you know you do you <laughs> i know just like a little bit like of a head nod just a half head nod just to know that i'm going in the right direction dad thanks you know and that uh, was sort of like the best sort of comeuppance at the end was like they they look down at her, like this family looks down at her because she doesn't really have any like stature to her name besides, you know, being a professor, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's not, she doesn't come from money. She doesn't come from that. She's a self-made woman. And then when she actually uses her skill set to charm the woman that they're all scared of, who has a full row at the wedding to herself, yeah. and she like sits down, has that conversation. It's like, oh, With look the at princess. this. Yes, like look at this go-getter over here. Like there's her comeuppance now. Like this oh, is yeah. how she's useful and this is how she's like making her own name. Um uh-huh. sitting right up at the front row while her whole while um Nick's family takes up that whole row by themselves. Like now she's sort of like elevating her own name without needing sort of like anyone else's permission, which was uh-huh. like a nice sort of comeuppance to see for her. So it's like yes, no background of her own, but like still doing it. I think that um, like it, exactly just to watch her character go from this, like I, I, I respect you. Like I respect, like she, Rachel respects Nick's mom by just trying to be your very polite, typical, like how you should act when you first meet someone's Asian parent mm-hmm. to, I realize that you are playing me right now and yeah. I need to show you my character and my real strength and show you that I am worthy and I'm mm-hmm. more than that. And I think that, and why I like, it, it's such a like brilliantly like a directed movie. Uh, we'll talk about John M. Chu, the director in a bit, but mm-hmm. just that, 
little snippet i'm jumping to the very end now where uh nick uh proposes to her on uh, rachel on the plane when she's about to fly back you see two things one is the silent approval twice like so you see that silent approval twice once the first time is when she gives like the father's ring to nick to propose to her so that's like the silent approval from her the second silent approval is when you are at the engagement party on top of uh that fancy ass hotel what is it called (laughs) like mandalian bay or something yeah yeah whatever it was and yeah, whatever it is. And then across the crowd, you see Eleanor and then Rachel lock eyes. Yes. And you see them both do a little of a like little nod. That yes. is that is also your Asian typical silent approval mm-hmm. is that little nod. Yeah. So and I think that that came up like, you know, in, in, uh, in the end. And it showed that it showed that Eleanor's character finally approves, but then has to keep up that image of face, which is again exactly. super relevant to Asian culture. We always got to keep face. Mm-hmm. And like it, it's very, it was so that that one little scene where he does propose to her. Oh my god, there's so many for for like a modern take on a rom com. There's so many like cliche scenes. So like that one where it's like at the air like in the airplane like they didn't do it at the airport but they did it on the airplane where where he proposes to her but he pulls out that ring after the conversation where the mom literally explains that she also was not the grandmother's first choice for a wife for her son ah yes 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 and then immediately tells rachel oh by the way you'll never be good enough i was never good enough and you'll never be good enough Mm. And then gives her the ring later on after explaining that Such her father had to get that. Yeah. yeah. Such a significant scene. It a hundred percent. Like the weight of that. Like I I was a little bit shocked. Like I knew he was gonna propose again. Cause obviously from like the smash cuts and the on the montage, like you see that like mom is like obviously trying to communicate with Nick to try to like figure out like what's going on with him. Oh, on the balcony. But then they're not saying anything. There was yeah. no verbal communication there. They just looked at each other. And it's just like right after the Mahjong scene, right? When they're yes. like going to leave. So I'm it's like, like you knew sort of something was happening. But like when he proposes with that ring, you're like, ah, yes. So there's the approval then. This reminds me to coming, Amer- coming to America where there is no – there's just a jump between – like the car ride from the king and queen <laughs> talking about you know yeah like, like that we should let the the forbidden love like bear fruit and then same here where it's just like nick and the mom on the balcony mm-hmm. just looking at each other and then it just junk jump cuts to the end where nick proposes with the ring and then also uh what's her face walks down the aisle like you know what i mean yeah so again it's all of those like all those cues right that you have sort of like visually so it's like you know that that conversation must have happened we have this thing and when we write movies and when we write sketch and when we write all that where you where you show and you don't tell right so in that yes. it's like you show you show that the conversation was happening and you show sort of the relationship between the characters and how it's evolving but you don't necessarily need to like tell the audience every single step in exposition what's happening because then you add a whole bunch mm-hmm. of like minutes to a movie that you could have just like easily wrapped up and called it a day so this is sort of like that same sort of parallel in in movies between like coming to america and uh crazy rich asian so it's like all these little montages that you see like even um 
uh, when uh, Akeem and Semi like go and like get out of like their their royal garb and like put on all of like the New York tourist clothes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like Rachel has that same thing where Oliver is playing dress up with her in Peekland's closet while they like get ready for the for the wedding like it's all sort of like a little cinderella moment yes so it's all of that as uh like there's all these little like cliche moments but it's like it's at the end of the day it's a rom-com it is what it is and there are just some aspects to a rom-com that you have to include to make it just like just to fit in the category of a Mm rom-com yeah uh, we'll move on now to another one of my favorite uh, characters. I love Ronnie Chang and oh, him man. playing Eddie Chang in this movie is so fitting. Again, like I love Trevor Noah; he's Bay, and then Ronnie Chang is also um, one of his uh, people on the Daily Show. On the Daily Show. Show, yes, he's one of the correspondents. Yes, correspondence. And he is fucking hilarious. He had a little, he did a little bit about Bitcoin and you can find it on YouTube, but it's freaking hilarious. And this guy and the dynamic that he has with his children and his, his wife when, because then when they introduce him, it was, it was at the photo shoot of their family for Vogue. And then he's like, I told you if you wore that gown from i forgot which designer we would have been an american vogue oh man i was crying i actually wrote down like her response it was um you can wear that gown to hell eddie and i was crying i was crying it's like (laughs) get yeah it's easier if you move and he's like no you can get all of our optimal angles i was like what yes optimal (laughs) angles i was just gonna say Guys, remember optimal, optimal angles. angles. And for the kids, they just like they just know. It's like, okay, this is where I see. It was so dad. funny like, too. It was like the minute that they stopped rolling, the kids went from like these perfect little angels to just like the to hysteria. Hysteria. Like those poor maids are like trying to control them. They're like driving their cars. Like it's so stupid. <laughs> just like the chaos of the scene. Oh my god. Yeah, no. He and his like just need to know of like who are you? Rachel, huh? Like what it, where are you from? Are you the Rachel from this? Are you are you this? Yes. Like, you know, and I'm like, "Whoa. Okay, you're you there is a there's there's like a, a definition of how you would describe somebody in in Cantonese when we say like, "Oh, somebody just like really wants to gossip. Somebody like really just wants to know all these mm-hmm. things and we call them really we call them really bot like they're very bot and what does that what that means is like they're very nosy yeah. like they're super like they want to know like this they'll like gossip and they'll like talk shit and talk smack like that's what we say in in Cantonese yeah he's just like an absolute gossip monger just a chin wag like all he wants to do is know exactly who everyone is involved with they want to he wants to know what's good with everybody he wants to know what's involved with everyone's life like he makes a couple of like quick comments at the bachelor party and like Nick was ready to fight him. And I was like, good, do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, what was, what's the difference? Rachel's not going to know. Yeah. Or like, uh, don't act like, don't act like she's the only one or something and like that. And I was that. like, dude, pick your moments. Like, how many feet can you put in your mouth right now? Like, how, how deep of a grave are you going to dig? Like, what is wrong with you? Your wife hates you. Your kids hate you. 
What have you got going for you? But that's exactly the character that he should be playing because he has the perfect face oh for it. Oh my God, it's like, yes. It's like smarmy. You know, it, it's just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it's funny because you know he has that like super serious, like he can look super serious, but at the same time, the shit that he says out of his mouth is just absolute blasphemy. And you just take yeah. it. like. And you just hate the character that he is, but that's like it evokes all it, uh, all these emotions out of you, and you're like, wow, yeah. this guy is a grade one asshole. But that's the like that's how they casted him. They wanted him to be an yeah. asshole, and, and he I did feel it. the same way about Alistair. Alistair and his disgusting oh. girlfriend. Fuck, oh my Dude. god. <laughs> she gave me like goosebumps. That girl. Like I just can you. When you said like somebody can be a walking migraine, yes. she is like the walking Pornhub. Like if oh that God. makes any sense, Jesus. If Pornhub was a person, this would be that. Jesus girl. Christ, she is all the categories. Oh my God, stop on the drop down menu. Uh, I don't even know what to say to you after that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I, the fact that she ends up at the end with Bernard, I was like, match made in hell. I couldn't think of anything better. Good job, Ollie. Good oh, yeah. job on you for being like peak matchmaker right now. This is great. <laughs> oh my God. It totally made sense though. Yeah. It totally made sense. And they were boning and they got caught at the wedding. That's like, disgusting. Jesus. Oh my God. I was like, this is a classy event. Good sir. Oh my but goodness. But then what led to that though is even more genius is Eleanor telling Oliver, can you take care of that? And then like Oliver is just your fucking god fairy in this movie. I love him. Goes up to Alistair going like, oh, your daddy's calling you something about overdrawn something, something, right? I can't like my memory's really bad, but yes. it was about money. And then he's like, oh fuck, and I'm he freaking takes out. Runs off. away. <laughs> fucking runs away and then and then grabs the girl and goes like you shouldn't be going for someone like him if you want to be in the group and you want the monies you should find someone who's a single child yes. like bernard and it, it he doesn't even say bernard he twists her in a little swing dance move dips her and he and then literally locks eyes on this dude yes and i'm like wow as he like pushes away genius. all of the dancers as she like saunters up to him i was like oh my god this is terrible <laughs> she presents herself as a piece of cake oh my god it's disgusting that was just like the worst i had a, a lot of problems with like the family Alistair and his girlfriend were disgusting. They were like my least favorite of the lot. Oh my but god. We kept on talking about just the directing and like the little like nuances that you picked up on the movie, mm -hmm. whether it be intentional or not. I do think they're intentional. Director John M. Chu mm -hmm. also directed the Bieber movie. Um, <laughs> the Now You See Me movie, um, Now You See Me and Step Up 2. I have to say, like now you see me is one of my one of my favorite movies. Yeah, now you see me is really beautiful. It's beautiful, beautifully directed. Yeah. So I knew going into this movie that you would see just brilliance in cinematography, mm -hmm. and I think that I don't know. For me, I, I just like to pick up, like I like listening to 
people like Chris talk about like, hey, like, you know, I noticed this and this because I wouldn't have noticed that. And there's just these little just like Easter eggs that are just put in there. And it's like, it's so beautifully made. And it always like has these little things where if you're Asian and this movie is all about Asians and our culture, um, he gets it so So right. right. Yeah, There's just some things that, yeah, just bang on. I'm sure he did a lot of research or like the people who got together to make this movie, Mm -hmm. they did their due diligence and not and didn't butcher any of the cultures that they were trying to portray. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I actually, it was, it was beautifully made. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Everything about it was just wonderful to look at. You sort of saw the opulence of, of everything sort of in Nick's world versus like what it's like in New York. Like you see almost like a direct dichotomy and like Peakland driving up that driveway to the house and just sort of like the awe and the fashion of it was just like that itself was perfect. It was a perfect moment. The Asian Bachelor. The Asian Bachelor. Oh my God. I that was like my one of my favorite lines. It was so great. It's like he's like he's like the Asian Bachelor when she sees uh Nick walking towards the car. In all white. In all white, as she's in a pink Audi. And then She's got like three outfit changes in the trunk of her car. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a savage, Rachel. Oh my God. And one of them says, walk of shame as an outfit. I'm like, oh my God, what is this woman? (laughs) Oh man. Her her dressing Rachel up in this like goddess, long hippie dress. And then Oliver approving, and then she go, and then Pickling going, yeah, I did that. Like I take full yes, credit. Yes, it just like the two of them together. I was, I, I almost wanted more scenes with Oliver and Pickling together because I was like, these two, these oh, two are yeah. wonderful. Oh my god, how do I get them to be my best? There should friends? be a spinoff. Yes, there should be like an Asian queer eye spinoff, <laughs> like of just those two. Yes, I would watch that. Subscribed, done. Subscribed, yeah. <laughs> get uh, Netflix. Uh, just for that. Yes. I think Nick Young is super hot, BT dubs. Like Henry Golding ah. is – and his wife in real life is like a yoga teacher. Of course. Model. Of like, course. Like fucking just wow. Of course. Wow. Of course she is. Of course. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect anything less. I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's like, yeah, I get it. Okay, Chris. So is there anything else that you want to touch upon before we head to the scoreboard? Uh, I think we got everything. I think the last thing I, I, I just, I can't stop talking about Aquafina's character, but we're going to be here for another three hours if we do that. So I think yes. we're good. Let's move to scoring. Let's do it. Let's move to scoring. And if you've been following along, you will know that we do have five categories. First yes. one being cinematography. What do we give this, Chris? I'm giving this a 10 for sure. Yes. An absolute we gave 10. this a 10. Yeah, 10 out of 10. It's beautiful to look at. Again, props to John Yes, Andrew. and then yep. all those little, like, baby details that he snuck in there that just add to the story. Just perfect. Perfect. There's nothing much more to say. And next category, we have casting again. 10, 10 out, out of 10. 10. Yeah, I, I, would, I couldn't have casted this better. No Yeah, no we way. spent, like, a minute thinking about, like, if there was any character in the movie – that we wish would have been like played by someone else and hard pressed to say that any of them was not perfect. 
Yeah, there's no, the only comparable one I would be like, maybe Ken Jong for Bobby Lee, but like, even then, Ken Jong nailed it. Like, I wouldn't, I, I would only offer that role to Bobby Lee if Ken Jong like turned it down. <laughs> True, because yeah. he is more relevant, I would have to say. Oh, 100%. It was just yeah. stellar through and through, for sure. Alrighty. <laughs> and the next one being musical soundtrack. And we gave this an 8.5 out of 10. Yes, I love there's a a a Chinese cover of Coldplay's Yellow in the end that like gave me gave me warm fuzzy feelings in my heart. Mm. And I was like, okay. I I kind of love this. This is pretty cool. This is pretty great. Mm, yeah. I think we didn't get we would have given this a higher score on my side if I wish like I understand that uh it needs to be a little bit more modern and so they did like like just remakes of traditional Chinese music. Mm-hmm. Um, I just would have wished that they would have used the original one. Um, I don't know. I think it's a, it has a little bit more oriental taste, if I can even use that fucking word. But <laughs> it just, I don't know. I, I understand it's supposed to be a modern movie, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I maybe would have wished that they snuck in like a little, like an actual original, um, you know, Chinese music in there. But anyways, moving on, we've got Level of Sappiness. Oh, Chris. man. 8.5, man. 8.5. That This was pretty sappy. Like, this was pretty rom-com-y. Pretty sappy. There's a lot oh, of, yeah. like, warm, fuzzy feelings. There's a lot of, like, cute moments. It's, pre- it's pretty sappy. Yes, I totally agree. And for the first time ever, we have a score for the tearjerker level. Um, it's a 2.5 out of 10. Yeah, well, I didn't cry. Um, Nikki had no. an old school, like almost Bollywood cry just without the tear that ran through the down her cheek. It was just like a welling up of tears. Yes. So it would have been like if I had had a half a spoonful of wasabi and it's just like you kind of feel like you feel it all yeah. coming to your eyeballs and it's just like hanging on for fucking dear life and it's just there. And then when you blink, it's like too two little streams of just a teardrop um, and that's really it I get it, it wasn't and it was during the moment when um, like her heartbreak with like just Nick not being there and like her questioning the entire relationship mm-hmm. and then it was like the mom being like I was abused I wasn't in a loving oh, m- a marriage man. and then I that's why I left and I didn't tell you kind of thing so it was like around that moment yeah that was a rough moment I'm not gonna lie I was like yikes like that that surprised me that 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 was talked about and it was like it was a heavy moment but like they played it very tenderly and very lovingly it was it was nice I I hear it 2.5 for sappiness I'm into that Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah Yeah. So overall, Chris, what did we, on a scale of uh, one pint of Ben and Jerry's to total emotional annihilation, what do we give this movie? You know what? Um, everyone knows that I love, I love a good, I love a good tiramisu. That's like my favorite dessert ever. And I, I know you love, you love your apple crisps. So I know that we collaborated a little bit. So we said we will give it a slice of tiramisu and a warm apple crisp with your very luxurious Tahitian vanilla ice cream. Because you know what? This movie was hella decadent. Very decadent. Oh, so decadent. It's like it leaves a sweet taste, sweet aftertaste lingering in your mouth. Yeah, it's like eating it's like eating chocolate cake at midnight in your pajamas out of the fridge. But then you don't feel guilty about it after. Yeah, you know what? It was worth it. It was <laughs> worth it. And 
on that note, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Cramps and Cinema. We hope you enjoyed it as always. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week with a, another episode of Edit to Real. So please be sure to send us all of your questions. You can reach us at edittorealpodcast at gmail.com or you can reach us on the social medias, uh, Twitter, Instagram at Edit to Real. The number two is the two in Edit to Real. So ask us all the things. We want to hear from you. Yes. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. And we'll see you in the next Stay Real. Stay Real.